Hoey the lads, hell guys, it's Michael from the Irish Mag here. So my first ever episode guys, so my first episode is probably just going to consist of me just sort of giving you a background on how I became a fan of Newcastle. Um, my best memory, sort of every, just sort of my influence and, and, and me becoming a Newcastle fan. Um, I will maybe just briefly, if I have enough time, I don't want to make these episodes too long because I know a lot of people don't want to hear, you know, it's a guy talk about his club, we can all do that. But um, yeah, so for me, just going to start off, well, I was sort of beaten into being a Geordie. Um, there's plenty of pictures, my mum has a picture of me in a Man United top, um, and then my brother, who's sadly not with us anymore, um, was a Newcastle fan, um, and he played for you again. I'm from a local town called Newcastle, um, and he played for again what would have been the Magpies. So just a different variation, obviously not as a reputation that our club has, but yeah. So that's where it all started. So he supported the tune, and then one of his best friends supported the tune, um, and they sort of both beat me into it in a sense. Do I, I don't regret it at all now because when you think about it, like United fans don't have the passion in my opinion that Newcastle fans do and as I say just it's the one city club up there I've been over many a times and if my fiance would move I, I would definitely move over in a heartbeat but yeah so that would be sort of the brief introduction as I say I would have been beaten into it over many years and then obviously I support now Newcastle and I'm a diehard fan and it's been it's been a tough old patch now being a Newcastle fan Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get there in the end. I think lads, we definitely will, especially if this 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 all goes through and we're all we're all hoping well with does. But um, yeah. So just to give a brief introduction, that's how I sort of became a Newcastle fan and been a fan for roughly about twenty twenty two years. It was I was beaten and did quite young, so I can't really regret it. And my legacy will live this of my children was born in Newcastle, even though my fiance's family are Scouse, um, so that'd be a tough one to argue with the children when they're older. But yeah, so. <clears throat> yeah, so in regard to like my first sort of match, um, because I'm from Ireland, the quite surprisingly Newcastle come over here for preseason quite a lot, um, so for me, I did get to see them. My first game, <coughs> excuse me, would have been when my dad took me down and they were playing um Shamrock Rovers. Now this would have been where Joey Barton was captain, so it would have been the year we went down. Um, I saw them play, um. And that was that would have been my first official match to seeing them live in the flesh, um. And I saw the likes of Duff, Joey Barton. Didn't see Gibbs, unfortunately. Gibbs, I've I've met Shay Given before. I was very fortunate to meet Shay Given, um. And he's an absolute legend and an icon and my favorite ever player that's played for the club. So, um, quite ironically, he holds the most appearances for the club as well. But anyway, um, yeah. So I would have saw them, and I think we beat Shamrock Rovers that day, like four 0 So it was good to see. Um, my first official game at St James's was when me and my current fiance went over to Newcastle and we were in the championship. It was under Rafa's term, and um, we beat Reading four one. That was at Dwight Gale, amazing, absolute wonder goal of that uh, on the free kick from like thirty yards out. I was sitting in the Lisa's end, sorry, and he scored it in the Gallagher end, didn't he? So I didn't get to see him um, go. Um, so that would have been my first official game at St James's, and I couldn't have picked a better one. I um. It was amazing, and you don't. I don't think anybody can, like any fan that's been to St James's, and, and St James's is rocking. It's like even saying it now, I'm I'm getting goosebumps. It's there's no place like it. So for me, it was just to sit and like it is. You know that moment where you're walking through the stand, you get through the turnstile, you're walking up the, the seats, the, the stairs to go into your seat, and you just see the pitch for the first time, and 
are, as I say, it's a response to the dream come true, and it's, it's amazing to sort of just even to experience it. Um, so, excuse me, guys, sorry, I've got a wee bit of a dose here, so don't know where I came from. A lot of people have probably be saying Corona, unfortunately, is nothing to joke about. But, um, yeah, that would have been the first one, and as I say, I could, I could rant and rave and uh, how amazing it was to walk up through the, the stairs and sit. And we were sitting in the corner of the Lisa's end as well, me and my fiance. So we were close. Like I was so close. I was quite surprised I got seats that close, considering you know we have so many season tick holders. And I thought that would have been somebody's seat, but apparently me and my missus got it, and it was actually quite a good game. We were sitting beside a, 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 my son and my dad. And the dad was relatively young, in my opinion. Like he was must have been in his maybe mid twenties to like high thirty, or yeah, high twenties to maybe early thirties. And he had his wee lad with him. And to be honest, his wee lad was showing more passion than, than me and the father combined. And we were shouting like I was giving the ref a load of jip, as as you do as a fan. Like, but yeah. So that would have been my first game at St James's, and then <coughs> I've only ever seen them once after that. And unfortunately, we got beat, and we got beat one 0 by West Brom, and. That would have been the year the year after. We got beat 1-0. I think Rondon scored quite ironically. And then obviously he came to us after, thank God. But do miss him as well. But yeah, that would have been a second game of St. James's. And we were, we were up with the gods in the Lisa's end. So we were very, very, very close to the, the away fans. And see, to be honest, I never really noticed. Like, cause I noticed it when it was down in the Lisa's end. Like, a lot of fans giving them jip. But yeah, it, it's... it's it's tense up there, like, and you're so close to them fans, and it's, there's only like a few stewards holding these all back, you know. So, for me, that that was quite a good experience as well, up with the gods, and it was it was a great view. Um, I've always noticed, as I say, a lot of fans have backed me up in this one. The last player off the pitch every single time, I think, is on is Jamal Asel. So for me, he's been probably my like favorite captain in the club, other from Shearer, obviously. But yeah, it was, it was quite quite good in that sense. So that would have been my probably my main experiences at St James's and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I have seen them again. I seen them last preseason when Rafa's Rafa left us before last season. I seen them play Bohemian in Dublin, um, and it was good. I think again we won four. Now I remember Christian Atsi scoring a pen, um, and it was it was quite good. Um, it was with my brother in law and my nephew. So. Yeah, and they actually rushed the pitch trying to get, but the players were for having them. I don't, don't, don't blame them now because a lot of the Irish boys ran, and I think a few of them got pictures of Rafa ran straight into the dugout. And don't blame them; like he would have got swarmed. But um, yeah, my nephew got a few photos with them after when they're on the bus. Like I think Mohammed Diame stopped for everybody. If you remember that hero, and he stopped for everybody. Like he's, he seemed to be very, very humble. Um, I do remember a few other players, Kieran Clark, because obviously it was well, he's originally he was born in England, but his father's Irish. Um, he, funny enough, stopped and signed a few Irish jerseys as well. So, yeah, that would have been like sort of the the background for me for Newcastle. Um, as I say, like in regard to like favorite players, it would have been definitely would have been Shay Given, because I was a goalkeeper during my youth, um, like proper youth, and then I, I turned into a right back over the years in my local club, and then I haven't played football boys for. for for guys about maybe four or five years, maybe even longer, maybe six or seven. So, not that I've, I've loved the sport and I love everything about the sport. And to be honest, the dream was to be obvious. Every kid's dream, and especially in around the club in Newcastle, is to be a is to be a, a fan. So, yeah, of course, it, uh, for me, it was a dream to stop, uh, step on that that pitch and and see the see the see the where the team plays. But unfortunately, it wasn't to happen. So yeah, like a dream job is to get anything in football, and like even as I say, I'm starting this podcast, even just to talk about it because 
of friends I could talk about football for hours and hours. It's a sport for me that you could literally rant and rave and, and talk just as much as you want. So yeah, like it, it's an amazing sport. Newcastle is an amazing. I, I can't reiterate how amazing of a club it is. I love it to pieces. Um, but yeah, that for me would have been like the sort of the background of the club and me getting introduced to the club and then obviously my first game. So I've been over to Newcastle plenty of times. Like the first time I went over to Newcastle was with my family and I, maybe I would have been maybe 10 years ago. And the only reason we've done it is because as a lot of the Newcastle fans know, the players' entrance for the away, um, for the away guys is over, it's in the corner at the top of the Milburn stand. And... You have like little plaques to commemorate, you know, guys that have died. So now we got one from my brother, and his is quite close. Funny enough, to um, where the players' entrances, and I get to the third one to the right. So I went over to see it for the first time, and it, it's scary. Like when I, when I went back with my family, with my friends, quite ironically, to just a party in Newcastle. Um, um, it it it's quite like different to see where how much the club had changed like back then there was Shearer's bar there was that wee cafe where um the terrace bar is now they didn't have that plaque up and now they know they don't have the pla- that plaque up anymore because St James has got a wee bit of a vamp but beside the whole ATM there was that wasn't there Um, they so they, they, they did do quite a bit from then when I went back you know by myself over to the, the, the tune um, and so it was quite different for me to see so yeah, it was it was a great experience. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm a bit nervous, guys, because I, I if you, anybody doesn't know, I've got a, a podcast with my friend. It's called Irish Impulse, and we talk about a load of other stuff. But it, I'm usually a lot more easier because um, he's got me to sort of bounce back and bounce off him. So sorry if I'm jittering or you hear the cracks in my voice and stuff. It's first episode, so I, oh, well, I'll get there eventually. Room wasn't built in the day, but yeah, so. In regard to like how I feel now with the club, again, I've got tattoos of the club on me. Um, so unfortunately, it's the thing that's never going to die. I buy, I do buy the kit every season. Some of it is off Big Mag, big, big, big fat Mike. But um, the less said about him, the better. And and we'll talk about him maybe in another episode. And um, we'll get that sort of obviously talking about the takeover. But I just sort of wanted like talk about my my memories of the club. So. <laughs> Because I don't really want to get in straight away of my view of the takeover. Obviously, I think all the Newcastle fans' views are all the same. Get it over the line and stuff. But again, it'll be a different episode. So for me, I'll probably talk about like my favourite sort of games and stuff. And favourite players from the past. And obviously, like your favourite managers for Bobby obviously being number one for me. Because it's sort of growing up. Bobby would have been the one I would have grew up with. Um, I wouldn't have seen Shear. I would have remembered Shearer. A lot of his goals, and I'll never forget the last goal he scored. Obviously, against them Mac and Bastards in Sunderland, but yeah. So, um, in regard like a favorite game, personally, my favorite game, God, in Newcastle, it's really, really hard not to look by that Arsenal four four and Tote, especially R.I.P. Tote now. But um, it's really, really hard not to look past that Tote goal and the four four. We were four 0 down in the first half an hour. I never forget. I'm like checking up on the highlights and just thinking this is going to be a seven or eight nil. We're going to get tanked, and then got into half time. I think it was four one, um, and then that Teote goal, as I say, it'll always go down in history. So yeah, like if that would be probably one that because it was of loads. I really do have loads. Like I'm even thinking of one in a championship where that wonder Mama Damme goal like he, that he knew nothing about. 
again quite ironically with what won us the championship title a couple of years ago um, there's so so many I can never like my favourite player in the squad now would be the captain skipper Jamal and I'll never forget that goal his, I think it was like a second or third goal for the club against Brighton in the championship that offset wonder header so yeah there's plenty of plenty of happy memories and then of course there's plenty of plenty of sad ones like um, Sunderland relegating us um, for me that was and I'll have to admit I, I did did I cry oh yeah I did I cried of course I cried um, my son at summer club went down <laughs> like I would have been they would have been heavily invested in the club back now there was a, wouldn't have been back then when we went down the first time so I, I do remember it but I wouldn't have been as emotionally attached to the club as I am now so yeah um, that for me probably would have been my saddest memory I did I cried I'd, and I'm not going to lie I was very very close to crying when, we, when the news came out in Sky Sports that we weren't going to you know renew Rafa's contract that for me was was quite a tough one to, to sort of hold on to as well because he was the first person in my opinion since I became a big fan of the club that's brought the fans and like some sort of hierarchy to the club he, he was the only manager in my opinion that, that that brought a bit of love from the fans to the manager and obviously we, we've never in my opinion even when um, Eddie Shepard owned us <coughs> In my opinion, we've we've never had that 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 like feeling of the board. The board is, is the same passion as us. Like I don't think you'll ever get that in the club. To be perfectly honest, because I don't think any. It's, as you know yourself, it's it's all money. So all the guys want to see is money, and that's why I think, as I say, the Saudis are looking at us because we do obviously pump our money back into the club with season tickets and and, and buying actual shirts and kits and memorabilia anyway, but. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I think losing Rafa would would have been, was was the killer. It was for me. It was sucked a lot of sucked a lot of passion out for me. I was like thinking, what's the point? If they are not going to invest their time in the club, why should I? But the players go out and change their mind about that every week, and well, they sometimes don't. Sometimes they may they think, oh, that's it. I don't want to get a look at this board anymore. But yeah, no, it was. That one was a quite a killer, like, and I have a lot of, as I say, my, my fiance's family's all Liverpool fans, so I was obviously giving them jip because they did treat, in my opinion, treat Rafa quite badly. So obviously, <coughs> we we felt we loved him and fell in love with him and still do love him. But as I say, he's out living a happy life in China. So, well, I wouldn't say it's happy, but he's currently with the current pandemic. But he, he's out there living his life. So, yeah, like. I just turned it down. I've got a couple of things written down. What I don't want to talk about, and as I say, Rafa was one of them. And so, for me, as I say, he was the only manager that brought the fans as close to the heck of some sort of hierarchy in the club as as, as the only me for me is the only manager that's done it. So yeah, um, I also wanted to talk about like my from my opinion, what's my my all time Newcastle starting eleven. So this one I think is where I would like to get a bit of feedback from you guys just to see what you think as a majority. So I know there's a lot of you guys that have watched Newcastle a lot longer than me and would be bigger fans than me, but I just wanted to maybe get your opinion on that. So for me, I'll start it off in nets as to say, Shea Given, it's not even, I think that would probably be 95% of Newcastle fans' goalkeeper. He was an absolute, he was a brick wall. He wasn't a big lad. Like I think he was only like 5'11", 5'10". He wasn't a big lad, but he had a great agility and he could, he could claw the goal out, claw the ball out of the net in no time. And as I say, being from Ireland, he saved our asses plenty of times in, in internationals. 
So yeah, should I give him definitely be the goalkeeper. Has to be, and I don't really think a lot of people are going to argue that one. Um, in regard to to right back, see to be honest, guys, this one is quite controversial for me. Um, because he could go as like I fell in love with DeAndre when he first came, and especially under Rafa, he was an absolute unit, bombing down the wing and bombing back, and he's not great. He's not he's not the worst defensively, but he he's a brilliant going forward, and he's just got pace to burn. But this one I think is going to cause a bit of. Probably a bit of controversy. I'm gonna go with Stephen Carr. Stephen Carr for me always gave you a hundred and ten percent. Yes, he was a bit, a bit lackluster. Yeah, he was a bit useless at times, and, and he was old when we got him. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Stephen Carr. For me, he was more. I would, I would, I'd be like Rafa in the sense. I would rather a solid defensive team. Like he said, you don't get to see goals. You don't lose games in my eyes, so obviously that would be my philosophy as a manager, but it's quite an easy one. But yeah, so I'm going to go Stephen Carr in regard to centre-backs. We've had some wonder centre-backs over the years. Um, And for me, I'm trying to think, I'm going to have to go for Jamal Lascelles because it's more on leadership than ability. His ability is brilliant in my opinion, he is. He deserves an England call-up. I, again, I would love to hear that from the Geordie's standpoint, and actually all of England, because for me, he's been overlooked for the last two years, like especially the year that Rafa took us to tenth, when he wasn't in the side, you, you could you could physically see the difference that like his leadership, his dictation, his you know rearranging the line, pulling the line to push, drop back, you know for me, so he was he would be the number one, number one for me, it's in regard to leadership. There uh, some honourable mentions. Colicini obviously one was a great servant, and Colicini wasn't a vocal captain. He was a captain that showed us, showed it on the pitch. So for me, Colicini's an honourable mention. I'm going to have to give him an honourable mention just because he was a local lad and he was an absolute funny. He was Stevie Taylor. I'll never forget that time he was bouncing in front of Begovic in Stoke and Kabai scored that goal. That was, that was hilarious. Um, so I'm going to give Stevie Taylor a mention, but it, for me it has to be. We sold him to Real Madrid, Jonathan Woodgate. Uh, so, okay, guys, if any I get all this facts wrong, just don't be afraid to correct me in it because I know, as I say, I'm not a big fan. I'm more in regard to the recent team than the locals, but I have been a fan for years and years and years. So, I am going to go for Jonathan Woodgate. Um, as I say, I think his career plummeted after us. Like, he went and he left, and he had a half that horrendous time in Madrid. As I say, a lot of English players do. I think the only like only really thinking the only English player that really had a bit of joy at Madrid would have been Bex in my opinion. But yeah. So we'll go for that. And then left back, see, it took me ages upon ages and like I wrote my notes written down here and who I thought was my best left back and I could not pick one. So in that sort of sense I'm gonna play three at the back. So I'm gonna, gonna play three at the back. So I'm gonna be Jamal LaSales, um Stephen Carr and then Jonathan will get Jamal being in the middle. So again, I think that's going to cause a bit of controversy, especially with Stevie Carr and Jonathan will get in the line. So I'll move on to the fine. So you've got your wing backs, your two wing backs. So guys, you can push forward and push back. So for me, my right winger is going to be Ben Arfa. So the only reason why I'm picking Ben Arfa, now I know I'm playing three at the back and the wing backs, in an actual formation would push back as well. And open Arthur didn't have any defensive capabilities. He, he very rarely went back. But give that ball give that guy the ball and he could do absolute wonders with it. Absolute wonders. 
So, yeah, for me, Ben Arfa has to be a right wing. So then we're going to go on to centre mid. So left centre mid. Um, again, some honourable mentions. To get a Um would be one of the honourable mentions that I, I think we'd give. We've had some wonder, 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 wonder midfielders. But I'm only going to, I'm putting him in here because he was a unit. He was a beast. And when he scored goals, again, he scored them like wonder goals. And I'm going to say it's Czech Chiote, RIP, big man. A lot of fans gave him a lot of stick. Yes, he was, he wasn't a quick lad. He was, but he, he wasn't a quick lad. But he, he in my opinion, he busted his balls every game. He was always pushing. He always was running back. He was busting boys. Did he love a red card? Of course he did. That's but that's that sort of in the position that he was in. He, he had to do that. So yeah, in my opinion, yeah, he he was a bit of a beast. But I'm gonna give him the one in there. So it's centre mid. So right centre mid. I really, 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 really struggled with this one. So. I'm going to sort of think again because I've wrote down here Gary Speed, but from what I can remember, is Speedo was Speedo not a left mid? See, I think he was. So he, I'm going to put him in at left mid, and I'll come back to that centre back position. So again, I'll relay the team from stars. You got Shay Gibbon, you got Stephen Carr, you got Jonathan Wigan and Jamal Sales, you got Hatem Ben Arfa, Czech Tiote, um. And then you have got in the wing. You've got Gary Speed. Now, I think you know how the the, the two strikers are going to be. So I'll get the strikers out of the way because, in my opinion, they're really, really easy to get. Alan Shearer and for me, um, Sholam Obi, <laughs> big Shola. Now I know a lot of people are going to get a stick about Shola, but this is mine, and as I say, it's my opinion and. A lot of it doesn't come down to stats, in my opinion, guys. It's 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 the it's, it's the way I felt for them at the time and what I think they brought to the club. And there's a lot on there. I know Stephen Carr is going to get a lot of stick. He, he did treat us like shit, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Sholo just because he was a legend. He was an icon, and he's still part of the club in a sense of you know in the in the academy. Um, and he, he's around the club and he'll always be around the club and I think he's Newcastle through and through and I don't think anybody can argue that because my man was an absolute icon so yeah that that for me and obviously Shearer doesn't need literally he just needs to be called GOAT greatest of all time anybody that wants to argue that case that Shearer is not the best Premier League striker to ever grace the league hit me up follow the Facebook page and I will happily 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 argue with you it's just the Irish mag because anybody that says, for example, Henri, Jaguero, Rooney, tell them to hit the bin. And I will argue with them because Shearer was an icon and an absolute pedestal. He was prestige. and oh, There's still just too many words to describe Alan Shearer. And you, you just can't think. You just, you just you would love to know what would happen if, you know, if he was to be a local lad and he would have stayed at the club from his youth. The whole way up to where he obviously became, but I think, especially I think at, at Blackburn, um, I think that's what probably made it, uh, made him that just a wee bit better. But yeah, for me that would have been Shearer, um, Shearer and Shola, and as I said, they did play a couple of times, so they did. Um, so that that for me would be them too. Now again, 
Oh, it's coming back to this center mid spot. Now, I am going to cause a bit of controversy here because he hasn't been at the club that long. But in my opinion, the ability he has on the ball is, is second to none. And he can literally change. If, he, if this player turns up, he can change the game within two or three passes. And for me, it's John Joe Shelby. So my center mate is quite a newish one. Again, I like to hear the the newer guys sort of the, the guys that have supported the club longer than me. You'd love to hear your 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 best eleven for Newcastle. You know, maybe we have some the juice thinking, oh my god, what is he thinking? Why this guy from Harley doesn't know what he's speaking about. And yeah, that could be the case guys. As I say I've really, really invested a lot into the club recently over the couple of years. So I would love to hear your your background on it and give me your feedback. That would be amazing. I'd love to hear that. Um so yeah i'm gonna go with john joe the only reason i'm going with john joe is if he turns up like i do love john joe shelby i really do guys like a, po well, a poster in my old room um of him on, on the wall like for me if he turns up if he if he's thinking if he's in the mood that day if he could he could rip rip any team apart with two passes like some of the passes he can spray like i'll never like you you just see him pick his head off for 30 seconds and he could ping a 40 yard pass right into your fucking chest. Like he was, he was amazing. And he still is amazing. And he's quite a good servant of the club. And I like the way he is vice captain of the club as well. And for me that, that's that's quite a good thing. Um, I don't think he lacks a leader. I think he does lack a little bit of leadership compared to Jamal. I, I, for me I like a captain that, that comes out and speaks publicly in the changing room. I don't want him on the backs in the corner and shows it through his ability on the ball. Even though Shelby would inspire a lot of the players, in my opinion, with the, with his passing and stuff, but yeah, for me that 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 would be my my midfield. So, um, I actually I think I might have missed one if I'm not mistaken because I wrote it down here. So that is Shea Given. You've got Stephen Carr, you've got Jamal Sales and Jonathan Woodgate. You've got Hatem Benarva, Czech Tiote, John Joe Shelby, Gary Speed, Shola. And sure, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm missing. I'm missing the centre mid. Oh Jesus! So <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Damien Duff. Now this is more based on his time at the club. He was quite a good servant of the club, and he was Irish. So, and again, he had an absolute wonder, wonder, wonder left foot. You know, actually, I'm actually gonna scribble that out. You know, how I'm gonna change Damien Duff too. Now I think a lot of guys will agree with me. Laurent Robert. I'll never, never, never forget that free kick he scored against United. It was about 35 yards out on the right-hand side. And an absolute peach. Like, <laughs> any Newcastle fans that know Laurent Robert, he had, in my opinion, <laughs> the second best left foot in the world. Obviously, the best is, is, is Messi. But for me, that's a bit, quite a big statement. You give Laurent Robert a dead ball situation, put him over it, and for me, I would honestly, I would, I'd bet my life on him burying it in the top ends. He was an absolute baller. And again, he was an absolute genius of the game. So yeah, that would be my, my, my Newcastle 11. Um, and that for me, guys, is it's going to be my first episode. So I'm going to try and keep all episodes around a half an hour. Um, and as I say, I have a YouTube channel. It's just the Irish Mag. I'm on Spotify at the moment and just Anchor. But I am working on getting this on uh, a lot more 
excuse me, a, a lot more, um, a lot more um, platforms. Hi, tell me how you think, guys, in regard to audio, um, the audio and, and stuff, and how you think I got on. As I say, I'm not going to say my first episode is always going to be great because I know it's not. Um, I know I was quite jittery and, and you can hear it in my voice and there's a few things as I say I discussed and it might be a cause of a little bit of controversy in, in a lot of Newcastle fans eyes and, and, I, and I do expect that as I say we're all different in our sense but yeah guys I'm going to try and kill like two episodes up a week and as I say I've got a Facebook page if you want to follow it um, and if any of the local uh, Newcastle supporters want to help me out in regard to sense and sharing me about and maybe try and get me in contact with somebody in the club or anything like that just to give us a hand and just let me know how a little bit of feedback as i'm all i'm looking it's really really all i'm looking so um because i say i'm going to share this um on my facebook page the irish mag um, and as i say feel free to give me feedback in regard to the send the the the, the face facebook page at my message um and anything at all guys you can think of in the next episode i will probably go on to talk about the takeover. Oh, so a lot of maybe a lot of different fans in the English League will want to hear that. But yeah, so guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope, as I say, we get football back. Most importantly, um, God, as I say, a lot of fans miss it, and I know that any Newcastle born and bred guys and still living there and season tick holders are are missing it. They're probably arguing with wives and girlfriends and husbands, and so yeah, as I say, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we get the season back underway. Again, follow me on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, any any platform and uh, say you can listen to me on. Subscribe and like and please follow my other podcast guys. Like give it a share and a like. It's Irish Impulse Podcast. Again with again some of my friend Connor. Where we discuss other sort of topics and stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna love you and leave you. Um ho the lads and peace.